Sunday sit-down with Jared Scaley. Oh, yeah. Every Sunday from 11 to 1 on ESPN New Hampshire. Hello and welcome to the ESPN New Hampshire Sunday sit-down. One of the last shows that are going to be around here for local shows at least uh, for a good chunk of chi- a good chunk of time but we've got the big 3 back we don't even have a regular show for you this is Nick not Jared at the beginning of the show we yeah, have the A team baby we've got the big 3 we've got the A team back Steve Nick and Jared together once again I'm not Jared Jack I'm just saying I'm not Jared We got Jack I'm Listen, we're used to having Jared here. We're not, I'm not. I barely know what Jack looks like at this point. You know, just because I haven't been here for three <laughs> months doesn't mean you can just make me Jared. I'm not Jared Scaly, all right? <laughs> Don't get angry. I'm already angry. And, you, I came and, in, and you know what? If you want to, if you, if you want to get your name right, you can show up to work. How about that, Jack? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. This is <laughs> so wor- good to see you. This I'm, is I'm, glad, I'm glad to have you back, man. I'm glad to have you back. The tonality of the beginning of the show should be much happier, considering that the Patriots beat the Texans last night in the divisional round, which honestly, for a little bit, didn't look great. I was worried when it was 14 to 13. I thought this was going to be I was pissed off. I thought this was going to be another episode of the last time the Patriots went to the playoffs at 14 to two against the Jets in 2010. You know what? It, it, that Jets team, though, granted the Patriots beat the crap out of them. Like what, forty-four to three? Was that the fup, the the, um, that was the, the butt fumble? Yeah, they beat the, the butt hell fumble. out of them. But you know, the Jets didn't have Jim Jim Leonard. Uh, he was their star safety. He, you know, was literally the captain, controlled everything, broke his leg before the game. Didn't really think he was that big of a deal, big that good, that big of a player, but he really was, and that really turned everything around. Plus, they had a pick six early, Davis Harris, David Harris off the screen. So I, I I just think I look at this Houston team. I'm like, yeah, they have a good defense, they have some good players, but I didn't think it was going to get to that because Brock Osweiler is so bad. It's really a true joy to watch him throw passes. It's hilarious, and I feel so bad for DeAndre Hopkins. I oh, really do. Oh, absolutely. I feel so because he's such. I mean, I, I was I was just watching highlights this morning. It was like a third third quarter play, and they were kind of backed up into their own end zone, and it was um. He threw a ball up to DeAndre, overthrew it, but he just went up and skied it. The guy has so much talent. You just have to throw it in his direction, and he's probably going to come down with it, and they can't do it. Well, here's the thing, though. It's, it's, it's the fact that they allowed the, front, the, the management of this team to sign Brock Osweiler to this contract. Because there was, realistically, all season last year, you never heard somebody say that Brock Osweiler should be a franchise quarterback. But doesn't that go back to the overall talent of the NFL right now? Yep. Doesn't that go back to the problems that a lot of teams are having? There just isn't, you know, they they link it back to, I mean, all the way back to peewee football. Parents aren't letting their kids play football. High school football programs are not being funded, and a lot of them are dropping out. Dropping out. I mean, that's the problem with football right now. There's a lot of issues. And overall, you can count the number of quality quarterbacks on one hand. And, and I mean, really. I mean, it, I, you probably can, but the one thing I do want to say, though, in terms of like quality quarterbacks, I think there's clearly a method of, of finding your quarterback and not finding your quarterback. You've got to do it through the draft. Look at the young talent that we have in the NFL. I mean, if, if Carr doesn't get hurt and breaks his, what, tibia? So, broke, broke something in his Yeah, I, I forget. Like, if he didn't, if he didn't get hurt. Um, I mean, Marcus, in my opinion, the Texans shouldn't even been in the playoffs if the Titans didn't choke down the stretch. And Mariota got hurt. 
If Mariota didn't have the same injury as Carr, they'd be in the playoffs. I think you look at you got to draft your quarterbacks: Carr, Winston, Mariota. Though that's the future. Wentz, Carson Wentz. So right now it's pretty bleak, but the future looks looks pretty good. And I think Winston and Mariota, granted, both of those teams should have been in the playoffs this year and would have been a better test, um, and would have put up more more of a fight than I think it was Detroit who got who got you know crushed by Seattle. Um, I think those two guys, that's kind of the future. You have to draft. You can't go free agency. It doesn't work. See, I don't blame Houston for signing Brock Osweiler because I, I look I, around the I league really and don't. I say, what other option did they have? And what was their record? They, they weren't. They're going to be. They weren't going to get up and get Wentz or Goff, so they didn't have any options. And, and how good is Goff really? No, no, Goff is a Goff is a huge bust. Uh, mainly just Wentz. <laughs> yeah. So mainly just Wentz. So, I'm just saying from their draft perspective. I think from their draft perspective, they blew it. Two, the last two, three, four seasons. Their defense is incredible, right? But you have <laughs> Clowney, Merciless, and Watt. It's great, but you can't score points. Yep. And, and, and just the, the lack of balance with Houston's drafting has been really irresponsible for that organization. Because I look at this team and say, all they need is a, a okay quarterback, <sighs> and they... They took fuller. I hate to tell you, if that was any other team, if that was any other team in the playoffs last night, the Patriots... Would have lost that game. Yeah. Patriots lose. What if they? What if they trade for Jimmy? They need a quarterback. And and here's the thing, though. If if you're gonna, I hear this argument a lot. Why would you trade a first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? Because what are you? What are these teams in the lower part of the draft going to use that first round? pick Yeah, but for? Are, you, are you really going to use another? Are you really going to take another huge gamble on a guy that hasn't played more than? You and know, you've already committed seventeen, exactly. seventy-two million dollars. You made the same dollars. mistake with Brock Osweiler. You know what I mean? He played. What four or five games? Jimmy Garoppolo has played six a game, quarters. Six quarters. So you really want to do that? If you're Bill O'Brien, I mean that's that's a, that's all that's you know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting a different result. Well, they're stuck with Brock. They, they are, are. They're stuck absolutely with, stuck with him. So at they, least one more year, and then they can probably cut him after that. They have to at least give him another year. They they have to give him a shot because it was it was a ridiculous contract. He's got thirty five million guaranteed. Was he really? Was Brock Osweiler really looking for a big contract? Because of course he was. Yeah. That's, his agent's that, smart as hell. His and, that, agent, and, his, and, his, and he won. He won the deal. You know what he did? He should have done what Cardell Jones did coming out of when Cardell Jones played four or five games for Ohio State, won the national championship, would have been a first-round draft pick. Granted, he went to, I think he went to Buffalo. He still got drafted second or third-round pick, but he went when his stock was highest. Brock Osweiler's agent, very smart man, saw the stock, got the most he could have. I don't take anything away from his agent. I think any team that trades a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo is literally insane. Because I look around the league at the backups that the Patriots have had that have a little bit of success, right? Matt Castle. Emphasis on little. Yeah, Matt Castle, a little bit of success. Brian Hoyer, people were, oh, well, he, tr- he was under Brady for so many years. It doesn't matter. They're not Tom Brady. And what, what this has shown, especially with Garoppolo, Tom Brady doesn't want to help Garoppolo. He has shown no interest in being a mentor of any kind. You're right. Why, why would you, if you're Cleveland, you, even if you trade your first pick of the second round, why would you do that for a guy that you really don't know what you're going to get? Well, the problem is it's that Minnesota set the market. They set the tone. They, right. they traded a, a first round That's and a, a fourth point. round for Sam Bradford, a quarterback. You see that dumpster out back? Sam Bradford. It's the same exact thing. If, if you if you traded a first round pick for Sam Bradford, now the Patriots are going to be like, okay, well, if that schlub didn't was able just, to be traded for a first didn't rounder, did he just set the record for NFL completion rate? 
Who? Sam, Sam Bradford? Bra- yeah. He's not good. Let's but not, but don't give him any credit. No, 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 no. But I'm Sam saying, Bradford I'm had entire seasons of football, of footage, to say this is what he's capable of. And he was also with a crappy team. So you you can look at entire seasons of film. What would you what would what, what do you think would be a reasonable return for Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't think they should trade him. I I I, I just don't. I, I I have no problem sitting him right on the bench for another year. I don't, I don't either. I really don't want him to go. In the Patriots, I hate to tell you, spend the least amount of money in the NFL. They make some of the most amount of money. They spend uh, very very little. They're not all right. Sure, they. I don't so, think they're as. They spend money. They're not afraid to go out and lock people up. I mean, I guarantee Hightower is going to get a nice paycheck. I mean, you say that, though, but... They're closer to the cap floor, like the Bengals, Agreed. than they are the cap top. Yeah. Like the Bozo and his hundred million... Or hundred... How many hundred million? Nine hundred million dollar stadium that'll be on later today, Jerry Jones. So if the best... He blows it, but he does spend a lot more money. The Patriots let guys walk. Right, we we were told. Well, Chandler Jones, they let him walk so they could sign Jamie Collins. They traded Jamie I'm, Collins. Do you really, Logan Ryan? You think they're going to pay Logan Ryan yeah, what he's worth? They they're, actually will because I, well, I look don't at Marcus Cannon. They liked Marcus Cannon and they gave him a pretty big contract. What's he the third highest paid tackle in football right now? And he's he's got five five year extension, and they give him a lot of time because guys, Marcus Cannon wasn't very good up until this season. But but <laughs> the the pay difference from. Third overall and second and first is ridiculous. I think Tyron Smith is making he got eighty million or something like that. So it's a huge, huge jump. But still, granted, the Patriots are stingy. They are very smart with their money. I was just watching Shark Tank, so I'm just like making all these. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking about all these inventions. Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm with. just saying. I'm just saying they, but they do pay guys, and they've made guys the highest paid in their position. They're gonna give Malcolm Butler some money. They're going to give Hightower. Granted, did you even want to sign Shannon Jones? He didn't really have that good of a year. I would have rather had him this season than Chris Long because that, that's essentially I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't, I don't like the, the dump them before, before they're too, you know. Ta- time and time again, the Patriots have proved it does not matter. It do- they can get through a regular season, right? They can go 14-2. and two. With the system alone, it doesn't, and they believe that if if Logan Ryan wants a top tier corner salary, he's not gonna get it. Well, I, and I, I I can understand that if they don't give Hightower is going to demand a top tier contract, and he has all the contract negotiation power because they trade away Collins. See, I say you keep you keep Garoppolo, you take that money that you're so you're toward the bottom uh, as far as. Team salary, you take that money and you give it to Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't care if you're paying him to be on the bench. It's the best thing for the team moving forward. Well, we got to. Well, you don't have to deal with that now. This is this is one thing that you need to think about, though. Um, so we've talked about it a couple weeks ago with the the Patriots coordinators interviewing for jobs. I personally thought back then. I still think that Josh McDaniels will end up with the San Francisco 49ers, who are also in need of a quarterback. Josh McDaniels knows Jimmy Garoppolo. If he trusts him a lot, I wouldn't be shocked to see Josh McDaniels. I, you know he's not talking about it now because it's playoff time, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Josh McDaniels Josh, make a deal for Jimmy Garoppolo if that were to ha- if McDaniels goes to San I can, Francisco. I can see that. I, I just have a, I don't know, maybe because I have a tough time seeing any, um, any Patriots coordinators leaving for jobs. I don't think so either. Josh McDaniels already failed once, right? He went to Denver with, with Tim Tebow. He didn't last. He's got one more shot at this. He drafted Tim Tebow. He, he's got one more <laughs> shot, and if he fails again, that's it. 
There's no more. He won't be a head coach in the National Football League. Timmy Buttons wants to do a shout out for 69 year old Romeo Cornell. Now this poor guy, he wow, co- he phenomenal. Co- he coached Cleveland when they had nothing because it's an expansion team. They had William McGinnis. and in Kansas City, his best player blew his, blew his brains out in front of him in the parking lot because of steroids. I mean, you know, if there's anyone who knew that the way to get to Brady is not around the ends, right through the middle, it's right through the middle because that's the one thing he does great. Stepping up in the slot there, you know what a game plan that yeah, was. And, and it was like, game plan. you know, I yes, I just thought, you know, they don't have Watt. They got their own problems, but the old sixty-nine-year-old dude came up with a game plan. Yeah, he was phenomenal. he was knocked down seven times by halftime. Just knock him down, much less whether he ever got the sack. I went, you know, fourteen, thirteen. I hope those people with the line of you know sixteen betting in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like I, I that th- last field goal bailed them out, but yeah. I went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I, I, that was a phenomenal game plan, and everyone wants to bring up, like, let's be honest, this defense next year for tex- for the Texans, granted they can keep Boyer, um, they can lock him up at cornerback, he's going to be free agent, going to demand top dollar, that kid is phenomenal, I thought he had a great game, that that pass interference that they called Hogan was so, so bad. There was nothing there. They were looking for a call. Oh, that was brutal. I thought that was a terrible, terrible call. I thought, but besides that, I thought the officiating was good. But you add Watt. You put Watt in the middle. You don't even have to have him on the end. You put him in as a defensive tackle position. Whew, that defense is going to be tough. But everyone's like, oh, imagine if Watt's in this game. Well, the Patriots can do the same thing if they had Gronk. And that, but the other thing is, too, the, the Patriots, we always, the, the conversation leading up to a Patriots-Texans game always ends up being, how are you going to contain J.J. Watt? J.J. Watt is a freak athlete. J.J. Watt knows how to put pressure on the quarterback. But he's we, full of himself, we but say he's a freak athlete. He is. He's a freak athlete. But we, we say that every single time, and almost every time the Patriots play the, the Texans, you see the Patriots, they, they contain him. They, yeah, they, they shut down J.J. Watt. But but Clowney hasn't become, I, I, to be honest, I actually had, it was a pleasure to watch him last. He's so athletically Clowney, gifted. Clowney, merciless. I've always been a big merciless guy. I thought he was super underrated. That's been moving. He, he really Andrews. He all right. He made he embarrassed David Andrews. Awful. Andrews awful and Tooney last night. They just they couldn't they couldn't hold their blocks. And like I said, Cannon was the only person that really did a good job. And I was making sure I was watching highlights of Brady getting harassed and tackled. And I was seeing was Cannon doing his job. It was. Solder Solder had some trouble on on the uh, on the edge. The pocket was collapsing, and I thought this is hands down. The worst game Brady has played the entire year. Don't you think, though, if you look around the the um, you look around the league and the, the team's still out there, Texans had one of the best pass, pass rushes in football. Yeah, it was like it was, and the team they beat had the best pass rush in the AFC, and it was that was Oakland. So I you, mean, you're right, you, and you still beat them by twenty points. I mean, and everything went their way. Fumbles. Interceptions off deflections. If you read every article that that Mike Reese wrote or whatever that said how could the Texans upset, it was Brady throws interceptions. Brady's hit. Brady's hit. All those things happened. It was a perfect storm for the Texans, and they still lost. Turnover after turnover, that was another thing. And and guys, Deion Lewis, I mean, he had a great game overall, but come on, hold on to the damn ball. Why why are we trying Deion Lewis as a as a kickoff return, because uh, he ran it back ninety eight <laughs> yards. No, but no, but <laughs> it was a phenomenal. Kick does it matter? Because then he fumbled the ball and gave up seven the other way. I, it, 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 they canceled each other out, in my opinion. Well, it was they, they the first out. guy in a divisional playoff game to get a running touchdown, a passing touchdown, a special teams touchdown, and a fumble. 
<laughs> I'm just saying. I yeah. mean, uh, no, it's not. It's a. It's just not a division. It's a playoff game. Period. I I thought they said. Eh, I don't know. I thought there was an exception for like it happened once in a while. But what, you never know with these stats. They always come up with David maybe, maybe when Oakland went all the way from wild card. I think somebody did it for Oakland. Didn't it remind you of for some yeah, reason? I Oakland. saw David Patton just. Remember he did that against the Colts. I saw that because I. Because why am I saying Oakland? Isn't that the Las Vegas Raiders? Oh, soon to be. Oh, that is soon to be. And and which L.A. team will draw more? The one that's going into a 25,000-seat stadium, but they're going to add 5,000 to make it 30 to sound good, stand here, stand there. Or the one that's in the old Coliseum and the newness the is Chargers worn will. off. And the, the Chargers Chiefs, will. Yeah, because anybody tells me there's 74,000 people showing up at the L.A. Coliseum, they're lying. Well, the, the new logo was, un- was shown at the Clippers game. And was booed by LA Clipper fans. No, no, they already they already retracted it. Oh, really? Yeah, they yeah. took it down. They're, they're not doing it. it. They're going back to the drawing. Board. I was counting on Jeez. the copyright on that. You know, that was my hand drawing there. That little stupid bolt at the bottom of the A. Did you see? Did you see Matt Chatham's tweet? He tweeted out a picture of the uh, the Red Sox logo. It was like, imagine if the Patriots <laughs> yes. tried to use this as their logo with some red, white, and blue. All right, we uh, will be back right after this. Uh, break down some Celtics as we had some buzzer beaters and some recent success, but the Celtics continue to show their same flaws. Keep it locked right here, ESPN New Hampshire, the Sunday sit-down. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. I am Steve Riccardi. The Patriots advanced to their record-breaking sixth straight AFC Championship game when they defeated the Houston Texans 34-16. Houston's top-ranked defense made life difficult for Tom Brady by sacking him twice and forcing two interceptions. Deion Lewis became the first player ever in the divisional game to score off a pass, run, and a kickoff. The Patriots pulled away in the second half, giving Brady his 23rd playoff win, which is more than 27 teams have total in the NFL. Matt Ryan and Atlanta Falcons' red-hot offense were too much for the Seattle Seahawks, crushing them 36-20 and advancing to the NFC Championship game. The Packers and Cowboys will kick off today at 440 with the winner traveling to Atlanta. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Kansas City Chiefs are set to kick off at 8.20 p.m. The winner will travel to Cold Foxborough to take on the Patriots. The Bruins are set to battle the New York Islanders tomorrow at 1 p.m. matinee. The last time the Bees stepped on the ice, they scored six times. The Celtics will battle Kemba Walker and the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow with tip-off at 7.30. The Cleveland Indians might be looking to add another power bat from the Toronto Blue Jays as they have been in contact with Jose Batista's agent. This 90-second update was brought to you by Bud Light. Raise one to right now. All right, if you guys want to call in, 603-883-9900. The Celtics have beaten the Atlanta Hawks with Al Horford's return to Atlanta. Uh, At first, they booed him. Of course, because why wouldn't you? And then once they well, played, because they have nothing else to cheer for. Yeah, I, half of these guys in the stadium probably didn't even know who Al Horford was. They're like, this, this guy left us for Boston for money. We gotta pull him now. But the they ended up pulling the game out, one hundred three, one hundred one. But they had a huge lead, and they and they dropped it once again. They made it way too close of a game, and realistically, it probably shouldn't have been that close. No, it shouldn't have been that that close. I mean, you look at Atlanta. Atlanta. What? By the way, which direction does Atlanta want to go in? Do they want to sell everybody with Corver being traded for literally a bag of donuts? Um, and then they want to put Millsap on the block. Now they want to take Millsap off. You have Dwight Howard. 
You have the German Dennis Schroeder as your point guard. Like, what direction do they want? Do you want to suck or do you want to rebuild? Well, but I mean, get, getting back to the game, though, the, the Celtics, that's what they do. They get big leads. They don't hold on to them. And then when they play quality opponents, which, I mean, this is probably one of their better wins of the year against the Atlanta Hawks, which is not saying a whole lot. They just, I don't know, I just don't think they're that good, and I think they're not really living up to the hype. They're not the, the oh, the little Celtics that are, are nitty and gritty and no one expects them to win. No, they went out, they got, a, they got a max player, and now the pressure's on, and the only guy that really seems to live up to it is Isaiah Thomas. And he's not, a, he's not, he's a great player. He's not a closer. He's not a, like a bona fide winner. So Atlanta was struggling, right, early this season. Oh, yeah. They were coming into this game red hot. Playing, I mean, I think they had won seven in a row. If, I mean, and, and don't quote me on that, no, but I'm the, pretty and, sure. And now, they yeah, took Millsap like off that. the block. Right. So, so I get why they're kind of confused with the direction. Their, their players are playing very inconsistently. But they started off the year; they were like twelve and two. So it's been hot and cold. It's so, but like, you're going into you're going into Atlanta, a team that's won seven in a row. So you're on the road. You don't have Avery Bradley. You you know you, you miss Avery Bradley is. Arguably one of the best offensive players and defensive players on this team. One of the best overall players on the team. I, I just, I don't blame them for letting Atlanta back in that game. It's easy when you're up by that much to, to let a game get away. You start putting bench players in. I'm fine with the way the Celtics are playing. I mean, they're in the conversation with Toronto with the, you know, fighting for that two seed in the East. That's, that's better than where I thought they'd be. I have two, but where, where does the defense go in the fourth? Where does it go? You have these leads and it falls apart. Almost every night, consistently, the you you're up against the Toronto She's Raptors. Right. You're up against the Toronto Raptors, and if you are if you're going to prove that you're the second best team in the East, you need to beat them. You need to beat the Raptors. Once. You need to because as of right now, the record shows you are not as good as the Toronto Raptors yet. No, you're not, and talent should show that you're not as good as the Toronto Raptors. All right, Greg from Manchester, you're up to talk some C's. Hey, I'm glad to be talking season. It's not talked about enough, and maybe it's because they're sort of a middle-of-a-road team. I mean, I, I know people like to say they're upper echelon, but I mean, I, I was lucky enough to win the tickets from the radio station, and I got to go to the Friday game where it was like a showdown between, okay, you know, Isaiah Thomas and Russell Westbrook. And, and I mean, he played awesome. He scored 44 points. He's amazing. The guy has got talent. He's I don't know why you're saying he's not a closer because I love the way you guys talk sports, but he's, he leads the league in fourth quarter scoring. So he is a closer. But as far as listening yesterday, I would have loved to go on the line yesterday because you guys were <laughs> programming was talking about let's make the team as good as possibly Cleveland. That's impossible. Agreed. I mean, we got to play the waiting game, and I don't know how Ainge is going to work. I mean, he worked magic once before. He's got these draft picks. I mean, especially the Nets pick is, is huge. It's going to be a, a big pick, and it looks like the – I mean, I don't watch a ton of college basketball until, you know, after football's over, but it, it looks like there's quite a few <laughs> pieces there. I, I just don't see yourself getting as good as Kyrie Irving, LeBron nope. James. Nope. I mean, that team is stacked. They're spending so much money. I mean, it's the most money in NBA history spent. I mean, you're not going to get where – I mean, it's just going to be – everybody knows it's just going to be another same final three years in a row. And you just can't match up talent-wise. I mean, talking about trading guys like Avery Bradley to get, like, Clay Thompson, that's not going <laughs> to do it. Who's saying that? Oh, I've heard. I've, it was a, in the rumor mill probably a month ago, a month and a half. Oh, oh I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, that's kind of blasphemy. I, <laughs> I, you probably have to give up Isaiah and Avery to get Clay Thompson. I don't even think they but would I mean, do I, it. 
the team's good and they're entertaining to watch. And at least we're not stuck. And I'm 36. I remember watching guys like Marty Conlon and I mean Rick Fox and Greg Miner. I mean, at least we got an entertaining team to watch. We're just not quite there. We're just not up with the Joneses. And that's just to say that LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and I mean Kevin Love. That's just a dream team. And unfortunately, I think it's just a window that's going to have to pass. And if the team stays relatively young and we use the draft pick right. I mean, maybe they'll be in the conversation, but it's not going to be for a year or two. I, I mean, more. it's just the reality of it. And people, don't, don't you think? And people talk about these big trades, and then you hear Isaiah Thomas's name a lot coming up too. But I don't understand. I don't understand that argument whatsoever. Because if you want to trade Isaiah Thomas for somebody like last week, Ross brought up Jimmy Butler. Why would you do yeah, that? Yeah. Because you're you're going to trade away your the the best player on your team, and, and Jimmy's like not you going said, anywhere. Exactly. One this of the, isn't like trading. This isn't like trading the whole team for Kevin Garnett when we did, and then bringing in Ray. I mean, the only way you're going to match up is if you can trade for Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. And I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm not trying to be like. <laughs> I mean, you're not getting that. That deal is impossible. And right now, with the way the Warriors are stacked and the way the the Cavaliers, and I don't think Toronto's really there. I mean. They re-signed both their guys, but I don't even think Toronto's in the conversation, to be honest with you. Absolutely not. They'll get, they'll get smoked. And I, yeah, I, I think they will, too. I agree, I agree with that, because you're talking about how you have all these assets. Who's a guy you can go out and get somebody? I've been saying for a while, you know, and even DeMarcus Cousins said that he's going to you know, sign a max contract with the Kings. I don't think you can go out and get that Kevin Garnett. He's not available. Maybe go get Gordon Hayward. And then uh, the caller made a great point. He said, hopefully... They can draft well, which I don't have confidence that Danny Inch can knock it out of the park. I mean, you look at this draft this year, you have stud point guard Jeff Fultz, you have Dan Smith from NC State. I mean, Harry Giles is a big wild card at Duke, Josh Jackson. So you don't really, there's studs in all different aspects of it. You just have to really hit it out of the ballpark. And I just think you're going to have to be stuck with these picks because you cannot go out and, and acquire these guys because it's a swap pick. It's not like you have your own and another one. It's it's just a, it's it's really overvalued in terms of what people think they can get back from those picks. All right, thanks for the call, Greg. But what we were talking about with Danny Ainge is what irritates the hell out of me with Ainge is that last uh, entering the offseason, he promised fireworks. And we've brought this up on the show before. We got a sparkler. We didn't like. We got Al Horford, which I like, but <laughs> well, that was free agency. We didn't get anything through trades. Uh, yeah, if you're gonna promise fireworks, you're gonna get the. But you do <laughs> not get Austin Boston Rivers fans excited. Days. Yeah, you don't get Boston fans excited to legitimately do almost nothing besides. Oh, you didn't. You got Al Horford, but that was it. I, you know, I'm tired of focusing on what they can't do. Can we? What, all right, what can they what, do? What can they do? Because because <laughs> we we can play the game of <laughs> can what they can they win a can they win a playoff series? Yes, depends on who they play. Yes, they lost to Atlanta the, last year. They got their ass kicked. A team that I thought year. they should have. Are beaten. they better than they were last year? Don't yes. even think about yes. it. Yes, yes, they yes. Are. Okay, if you're going to say they aren't, <laughs> mute their mic because they don't deserve to be on the show. <laughs> they they are, are better than they were last year. All right, but they they are missing. Evan Turner, deeply, with everything that he does and provides to the team. Granted, Al Horford is a extreme upgrade to anybody they were trying to roll out at. at. But here's the thing. Al Horford, in my opinion, is not a, a true center. He's more of a power forward type guy. He's on the perimeter. It. He's on you, the perimeter you, all, right. all the time. Here's the thing, Jack. Everyone wants to say that the, the, wow, the Celtics are a step away. I think they are a step away if they can get a legitimate star 
in the back in the in the the backcourt. You got to get a star center, star power forward. There's none out there. Exactly. There's none out there. So why do you need one to win? The league does not Go have ahead. that many. We've we've talked about this before. The league is a has turned the Golden State Warriors have helped change what basketball is, right? You know, Draymond's not a star. But is he a true center? I'm not saying they don't no, have no, no. stars. He, no, I'm I'm saying power forward center, one of those guys. You need another big. I Every look at all the best teams. Like granted, Kevin Love now has established himself as a star, but you look at the Spurs, you're they're missing on a small forward. You're missing an elite small forward. It's the most important position in the NBA today. Ah, uh, over point guard? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, now that everybody plays zone and everything, yeah, small yeah. forward. Small I say forward, point guard. Small forward can shoot, small forward has size. I mean, sure. Small, small forward is the most important. But what is your LeBron James, your your Kevin Durant, your I mean, I guess Jimmy Butler's technically a he's shooting a, he's guard. A guard. He's not a forward. Um you can throw I'm trying to think who else you can throw into that mix. All right, I'll give you a bone even though I don't really Giannis Antetokounmpo. There you go. Small forward. He's he could arguably be the best. He could he could arguably be one of the best players in basketball this year. He plays for the Bucks. Ugh. But don't you don't you think this <laughs> team would be better if they had that guy, the Gordon forward Hayward. to, to I, grab I to I, grab rebounds, guys. This team is this team is the smallest in the NBA, and they just do not get. That's that rebound. what I'm saying. I mean, they, you get you abused down. The, and granted, Jack, you make a very good point. And I, I, if you get Gordon Hayward, is that the guy that you're looking for to really be? I, I don't know. I don't know if he's the guy. Would you say? Instead of racist, racist. Uh, <laughs> all right. Is it, who, who other options can you go out and get for solid forward? Bomani Jones. Like, give me a break. Who else? Who else is out there? There's no one else you can go get. No, absolutely. No, that, but that, I'm sorry, that pisses me off. Do you know? Do you know how many times I've seen a game where the the opposing team will take a shot, miss, and get their own rebound two or three times in a row? Oh, it happens every. Jay game. Crowder needs to be honest <laughs> with himself of the kind of player he is at this point in his career. Unless he's going to make some big jump in the next one. Two years. I think he already made the jump from last year. Um, last year, right. So what he is, in my opinion, is a sixth man of the year candidate on a championship team. Uh, very he true. is. Very he true. is That's that too much. No, very you're true. right. You're right. Th- that's what he is. Nothing wrong with that. I'm fine with Al Horford being your big man. I'm fine with Isaiah Thomas being your st- starting point guard. Yeah. I'm not going to pay Isaiah Thomas a max contract. I'm not going to do Cause, it because it's not just the night he decided to drop twenty eight in the fourth quarter. There are other nights that he's decided, this is what's happened for three quarters, it's a little listless, boom, 16 points, 14 and, and, points. And, he's simply a year more mature and when as I a say, player. And when I say like a closer, I'm talking about a guy like last-minute last, last minute possession, You're gonna get like a Paul Pierce type deal, like a Steph type deal. It happened on he's, Friday night. I mean, he's good, I just don't think he's at that where you can rely on him every single night to close the deal. I mean, I don't even put Carmelo Anthony in that in that category anymore, and he was for a couple years. But I have a very my closer window in terms of like people that I think are true closers is very very small. Jimmy Butler maybe might be in that category. The, the Boston Celtics, and I I get what you're saying when you're saying they're letting teams back into games. That's that's human nature. That happens. Yeah. Cleveland does that. They let teams back. Cleveland was in a close game with Brooklyn last <laughs> week, so they, they let teams back into games. That's just how it works in yeah, basketball. Yeah. I'm fi- I'm not terribly concerned about that. What I like about this team is that they play hard. And generally, generally they don't play down to teams levels. Uh they have been. They have been. They're winning. I I they're winning almost every game. They're winning. They're 8 and 2 in their last 10. Yeah, oh yeah they've been they've been good. They, I mean, they went for that one stretch when they didn't have Crowder. 
Isaiah and Horford, but now all of them are healthy together. They're winning. They're eight. They're eight and two in their last ten. They're still missing Bradley. But what are they? Own seven against teams with six hundred. That's that's the big issue, Jack. Is they can't beat quality opponents. They they beat teams they should. They're in close games with those opponents. They are in close games. So I don't think they're that far from being able to. I think they out hustle Cleveland. I think they have a better they they have a better coach than Cleveland. So yeah, I'll say and, that. I'll and say I think that. to that to that extent, you're one player. Well, you're Cleveland, one player. You're, Cleveland's coach is LeBron, but you're a you're a Durant who's going to be a free agent away. <laughs> you're a you're a Jimmy Butler away from making it a series. I think you're that close. Okay, okay. Well, that that connotation I can kind of agree with. The thing that scares me about Cleveland, what what was Kevin Love last year? Nothing. You you were you were killing him last year. Now he's Kevin Love of Minnesota, and that should strike fear in everybody in the Eastern Conference and probably the Western Conference. I think they're going to read The other thing to consider is that LeBron James is 32 years old. He's 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 32 years old. He's not going to be that this superhuman forever. Now I get it, Kyrie Irving, great player. Phenomenal. I give another two years, Kyrie Irving passes LeBron James. I like that. Overall, the Celtics are... About one piece away. Maybe a couple more. We'll see in the future. Guys, call in 603-883-9900. Talking the rest of the NFL playoffs coming up next. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Hi, I'm Steve Riccardi. The Patriots advanced to their record-breaking sixth straight AFC Championship game when they defeated the Houston Texans 34-16. Houston's top-ranked defense made life difficult for Tom Brady by sacking him twice and forcing two interceptions. Deion Lewis became the first player ever in a divisional game to score off a pass, run, and a kickoff. The Patriots pulled away in the second half to give Brady his 23rd playoff win, which is more than 27 teams have total. Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons' red-hot offense were too much for the Seattle Seahawks, crushing them 36-20 and advancing to the NFC Championship game. The Packers and Cowboys will kick off at 4.40 p.m. with the winner will play the Atlanta Falcons. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Kansas City Chiefs are set to kick off at 8.20 p.m. The winner will travel to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. The Bruins are set to battle the New York Islanders tomorrow at 1 p.m. in the matinee. The last time the Bees stepped on the ice, they scored six times. The Celtics will battle Kemba Walker and the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow with tip-off at 7.30. Avery Bradley will not play in that game as he's still dealing with an injury. The Cleveland Indians might be looking to add another power brat from Toronto as they've been in contact with Jose Batista's agent. This 90-second update was brought to you by Coors Light. Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. Whatever your mountain, climb on. Six zero three eight eight three ninety nine hundred is the phone number to call in and talk to us today, guys. Get your thoughts out, get your feelings out. This is this is an airing of grievances type of show today. We uh, we've got some tension <laughs> in the studio. Everybody's angry. Everybody's upset. Uh, and I, you know, I've got a problem with something that was said last night. Uh, his name is Boomer Esiason, CBS pregame. I usually, I usually like Boomer. Boomer, yeah, Boomer said something ridiculous last night. So he's the pregame show. They're talking about the Patriots' offensive line, how good they've been. Yeah, they've been awesome, right? Boomer Sison says that this may be the best offensive line that the Patriots have had in the Belichick what? era. Are you kidding? Do you remember Matt Light, Dan Copen, Logan, Logan Mankins, Mankins, all on the same offensive line? Are you kidding me? I, I wow, that's that's pretty bad. I'll say I'll say the 2004 Super Bowl year when they beat the Carolina Panthers is probably the best offensive line they've had. And you kind of progress. Maybe maybe I don't know the 18. 
18-0, the undefeated season. That year they had a pretty good offensive line. I Until think- you're about 21, 22 years old, you can be called Boomer. Yeah, if true. you've reached grad true. school age, you're insulting your mother if you don't go by the What's name his, Norman. What, Norman's is now. If he wanted to be Norm the Boomer Esiason, but just to be, it's Boomer. No, nah, something wrong with you, boy. That sounds a little more badass. Yeah, Norm, Norm the Boomer. Yes. What do you do on your days off? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> there was a horrible argument at this radio station earlier in the week, where someone's insisting that it was Hank the Hammer Aaron. And we're all going, no. You know, Dave the Hammer Schultz, fine. You know, it's hammering Hank Aaron. Go watch even the old home run derby crap on the weekends on TV. But no, no, he was known as Hank the Hammer. Where'd you get it? No, he wasn't. Wikipedia. Oh, well, gee, there's a Bible right there. Wikipedia also told me this week that Tom Cruise is only five feet tall. So, you know. (laughs) 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 So, you know, I know he's a short guy. And when I first saw that, I texted my girlfriend. I was oh, like, guys. Man. They also told it's me like Suicide Amanda. Squad was going to be a great movie. Yes. So I don't know. I was like, Amanda, Tom Cruise is like five feet tall. She was like, I don't think that's real. <laughs> no. It told me. I, I looked up Isaiah Thomas's height like the first time I was on I was on the station. And I, it said it was like 5'2". I was like, wow, Isaiah's 5'2". They're like, no, he's not. It's like 5'8". What a, what a website. Just be like, you know what? Let anybody change whatever they nah, want. To be honest, though, Wikipedia, <laughs> though, majority of the time, I do appreciate it. It has screwed read. me over like, a couple times in, uh, in just writing got an, papers. You got an, it's like BuzzFeed. Like BuzzFeed is fun. It's not a news outlet. BuzzFeed as, is fun. As a pinch hitter, this worked out good about one month ago. I came in to do the engineering for New York Peace of Mind, which airs 2 to 4 on Saturdays. Two guys down at Hofstra get on Skype, and you put them through the equipment, and on they go. The night before, Boomer Esiason and his morning partner, this Carlton guy, they did the Islanders game on the radio. I was just going through the dial and went, well, where's the regular announcers? And they tried their best. Two guys who know not a damn thing about hockey. But Boomer was so pontificating, like, well, you know, the ice is slanted down the other. How the hell would he know? He knows nothing about it. <laughs> He's on the radio for three hours. <laughs> fake it till you make it. But what was what was the thing that Boomer said pregame that you you had a, an issue? The, the with? offensive line. The offensive line. Oh 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 oh. Did you did you the see- greatest? You watched the greatest Patriots offensive line last night. Get their asses. The get their asses handed to them by Jadavion Clowney. Did you see or hear Phil Sims later in that game saying that this? Patriots defense is one of the best in terms of what they can do physically in the Bill Belichick era. This it's, defense, really. I mean, this defense, don't get me wrong. I it's think th- fine. this defense is really, really good. The but Patriots, the best under the Bill Patriots, Belichick era? Oh, God, I, I will say, I think in my opinion, one of the, the best defense they had um, in recent memory was the 2014 when they had Revis and Browner. I mean, that was... That, that was, was a hard-hitting, old-school Patriots defense. If there was any Patriots defense, defense that resembled the type of team that can beat the Patriots, it was that. They're physical. They're going to hit people. They're going to rough you up. If you're going to come over the middle, you're going to get punished. They had athletic playmakers. They had just physical, dominating players. I thought that defense was the best I've seen in a long time. Now, Not Bre- this year. Brandon- this year, they're good, though. They've really improved. Well, yeah, 100%. And they won that game last night, and single-handedly. Earlier this year... Uh, a couple, for the most part, for the first half of the season, they just were not passing the eye test. Sure, they weren't giving up a lot of points. They've been in top five for uh, point, if maybe even top three for points allowed. I, I just think that's such an overrated stat, but I agree. I do, I do too, and I hate it. But I mean, overall, you want to see what you want to see the amount of points the team's given up. But at the same time, 
you want to look at the passing yards. You want to look at the third down conversions, red zone. This team, for whatever reason, the Patriots defense just was not passing the eye test, but on third downs they were great. And in the red zone, they were phenomenal earlier in the season. So this team's really been good all year defensive-wise, but they just seem to have, they've improved, and now we can actually see it and not just go by. Were you really worried numbers. at all last night? No. Really? 14-13, to 13, I got I was like, I don't know. 14-13, the 10, 10 of those points came off of Patriots' errors. I know, that's what freaked me out. Cause the te- that's, that's but what the people... Texans couldn't move the ball. There was still a whole half of football to play, and they couldn't yeah. move the ball. There was there was one play that I mean Brock Osweiler had a wide open receiver Houston. and he fired it behind him. Oh, I saw I started laughing. I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, that is so bad." Houston somehow managed to like not be successful, but they were converting. So, at some point, and I kind of just looked at the clock on the wall, Nance got one right for once. You know, throw a dart, it's got to hit a board eventually. Tom Brady had not been on the field in 42 real-time minutes. Yeah. yeah, That's yeah. something going right with and, the Houston and offense because they don't let you just take well, a time no, out. No, it was also because they had the interception off the Michael Floyd, and then they had oh, the sure. fumble. So I think but the 42 def- minutes, you know? I, th- I think the defense really, because they're on the field the entire time, in the red zone, consistently, not their fault, They you know, because of turnovers, and they shut them down. I just I, that game with the errors they sh- they made, Houston should have had twenty plus points. Exactly, they the should have had twenty plus points and mo- and momentum heavily on their side, and, that's and they why, just couldn't do it. And that's in because a <laughs> Brock Osler wants to throw to Fedorowicz rather than DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins. Did you see that? I've never seen a tight end jump early for for oh a my, touchdown for the crowd. touchdown pass. Oh my god! There were there were two. Beautiful passes by Osweiler oh, into Fuller. the end zone. Fuller, Fuller, Fuller. Fuller's was oh in the breadbasket. It couldn't have been any more perfect, and he dropped that one. There were two beautiful passes thrown by Brock Osweiler that should have been touchdowns, and and that's why I'm. I don't think Osweiler's a good quarterback whatsoever. Don't no, get me wrong. no, I don't either. But I I expected much worse last night out of him. Those two interceptions were were awful. That was Brock Osweiler. I expected. Yeah, to see. exactly. That and, evens it out. And, and actually, in the afternoon with Seattle. If you had the big, thick gloves on like you were playing in Green Bay, you dropped everything. And I, I, I was kind of rooting for Atlanta. But I was so Seattle, get Seattle out of they there. were throwing – I mean, Wilson was throwing them right in their hands. They were hitting in their hands, then their numbers, then the ground. And I went, 72 degrees and you're in a dome. What's the excuse? Take the gloves off or at least get the thin ones like you're going to do surgery. Yeah, do, get, the, get the ones that it's almost impossible yeah, to drop. Yeah, right. It's it's almost the, the same. stickum gloves. Yeah, it's literally the same thing as stickum. Just let them use. Things stick could not have worked out better though for the Patriots over the last two weeks. I agree. Oh, absolutely. La- you know, the Giants <laughs> are out of it. The Seahawks are out of it. Like, it's just perfect. And and like everyone wants to bring up like this this Houston team this defense is really good, but you look at the last remaining teams. Dallas doesn't have a very good defense. No, they don't. They, they just they just do Green not. Green Bay. Green Bay's defense is Swiss cheese. Like honestly, their defense is not good. They have a, they have a, a really good. They're play- playing well at the right time though. No, I'm They're s- the kind Aaron of scary Rogers, team. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is a nightmare. Yeah. Green Bay's defense is ranked thirty first in passing yards against with two hundred sixty nine point two per game. Do you know what? Do you know what Tom Brady does to a defense like that? You, you torch him. He wins you games. Him. I think <laughs> I'm like ninety percent sure that if the Patriots, I just. I look at who they have to play, right? I look at next week. Let's say it's Kansas City. Let's say Pittsburgh. it's Pittsburgh. They're not going to lay the kind of stinker they laid last I night I think they have to against. Let it out. P- I mean, that was just 
if anything, the, maybe they'll be more on their game. I think they will because you know, they got a wake-up call. They had certain things after the game. Bennett said he was pressing too hard. He wasn't letting the game come to him. He was trying to make big plays happen. I, I think there's no way they had that kind of bad start against Pittsburgh and his- or against the Chiefs. In the NFC, those were the teams that scared me. The Seahawks, when they show up, yep. are terrifying. Yep. The Giants... If the, the Giants, Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, we would never be talking about Tom Brady's Super Bowl victories. We'd be talking about how he lost three to Eli Manning, and we'd never hear the end of it. Yeah, well, the Giants decided to go to Miami and hang out with Justin Bieber for that playoff game. So, they're bounced away. But you're right. No, those are the teams that scared me. And even, and even the fact that if I had to pick one of the two teams in that Houston-Oakland game, I'm like, Oakland, they don't have a quarterback. McGloin sucks. Connor Cook can't do this. But Khalil Mack terrifies me. I can see him taking Brady's head off, and you get Houston. Well, it was clear. It was clear in that game that Oakland's entire team was Derek Carr. You yep. needed. Yep. You needed Derek Carr. But that just shows. That just goes to show how a quarterback can change, change an entire everything. team. It can change. I'm telling you right now. We we alluded to this earlier, but if the if the Houston Texans have a a good quarterback, they're a team that could probably go to the AFC Championship. If you look at quarterbacks around the league, all these quarterbacks everyone's high on, right? There was a time where everyone was high on Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson. As a as a Patriots fan, don't you just see it? You see this all the time where people lose their minds over these quarterbacks, and time and time again, they do not withstand the test of time. They don't. Time and time again, they do not withstand it. Absolutely. 603-883-9900. We are on until 1 o'clock today, so make sure you guys stay tuned. Call in 603-883-9900, ESPN New Hampshire, the Sunday sit-down.